and welcome to another episode of Stamper Cinema. As always, I am your host. My name is Andrew. Thank you very much for downloading this latest episode. And today we are going to be covering one of, hmm, certainly one of my top like 20 comedies of, of the 2000s. I remember seeing this movie in the movie theater with uh, with one of my cousins in lapped my ass off from start to finish and i'm really excited because we've got a comedian on the show and i'm really looking forward to seeing what this conversation is all about so let's just dive right on in shall we we're gonna be covering dodgeball and we've got tim miller joining us so let's get started tim tim again thank you thank you very much for for being on uh on the podcast how are you doing good yeah thanks for having me i'm doing pretty good um yeah nothing new really just living life wearing my batman shirt like you pointed out well i mean you know i i can't help but reference batman if i if i see somebody you know wearing a batman shirt that's kind of my go-to comic book like superhero is bat you know like i'm like i was trying to think is that no without question batman is my guy so what yeah, about you, are you? That, yeah, that'd probably be my guy. Like, I, I read a fair amount of Batman comics, I feel like, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, for the listeners, uh, what part of the country uh, are you? I'm uh, from Missoula, Montana, so, like, Pacific Northwest, I guess you'd call okay. that. Yeah. The only thing I know, is, is that out where, like, the like the Big Sky Brewery is? Uh, yeah, that's actually in Missoula. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, like we don't get Big Sky out here on the East Coast, but I remember I used to go. There was this music festival out in Washington State. It was called Sasquatch, and oh, yeah. you can get like Big Sky beer out in Washington. And I don't know. I think I liked the marketing or whatever. I thought they had a cool bottle, so I bought bought like a case of it. And what blew me away is like when you pop the top in the bottle, there was always like like a little message in. In the almost like it was a what is it like a oh my god like a snapple there'd be yeah, like yeah. like a little snapple fact but yeah. in the in the the big sky brewing um, bottle caps they would have something for you so when you mentioned Missoula Montana I, I I had to go there I don't know if you're a fan I don't know if you look, drink beer or if you don't but I had to I had to bring it up at least yeah I'm not a huge beer drinker I feel like my my get drink out of here no, I'm kidding yeah be like a white Russian I guess would be like my drink of choice usually. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a white Russian either. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do out? Uh, what What do you do out in Montana? Uh, well, right now I'm kind of doing, been doing stand up out in Missoula and around Missoula for like seven years. And Now, when it comes to stand up, I mean, that for one, I'm, I, I can't stress enough just how, uh, what's the word? I'm terrified for you because that, has to be like i mean comedy i mean comedy is great and obviously being able to make people laugh is is one of the greatest things in the world but i i can't think of anything more terrifying than actually making people laugh i like i would i mean in a perfect world i think i, I say something that makes them laugh but i also realize that more times than not no no I'm, I'm not funny so people that are able to do it i'm blown away but i'm also like part of me is just terrified because of the fact that there's enormous pressure to be funny no yeah i feel like i mean i'm not 
ironically, I'm kind of more of a like an introvert. Like I don't really like large crowds or hang around people. But mm. like when I'm up on stage, I feel like it's something. It's a little, like a different beast for me. Like I, I originally got into stand up. Like I made a pact with one of my coworkers back when I worked at a retirement home. I made a pact with him to just because there's like a local open mic in town. I made a pact with him to try it, and I end up loving it and doing it. Kept on doing it for seven years i've been on tour a couple times and open for like chris Catan. oh wow yeah yeah which was a pretty fun experience and a couple other comedians but yeah he ended up not doing it at all but which was kind of a shame because i feel like he was actually funnier than me but when when did you find that you know maybe maybe there's something there for you when did you find out that like all right i'm more than just funny and i can make my friends laugh when when did you think that oh shit maybe i can make strangers laugh too uh, i guess just the, really the first time i feel like i had an inkling even in like high school to just because i think the first time i did stand up i was like 24 25 and i think i just kind of had the inkling in high school i wanted to try it. like i watched a lot of the late late show with craig ferguson mm back when he was still on. And I think that kind of inspired me to want to pursue it and want to, I don't want, it's just something I wanted to try. And then I end up like just loving the, it's just a different feeling. It's like an addicting feeling just going on stage and getting that laughter. Right. And then even you keep coming back. Even if you like bomb, you still keep coming back. It's just. So, you know, there, there are a couple things that I want to unpack with that just because you mentioned uh, Ferguson, you know, so something it, be that experience as far as watching that, but then also talking about like bombing and tanking. So um, we'll start with a positive and then we'll transition. Okay. So like inspirations and people that you find funny, like who are some comedians that maybe helped inspire you to decide that you want to pursue this type of path? I mean, definitely at Craig Ferguson, I mentioned, uh, I don't know. I don't really, I haven't really ever watched a whole lot of comedy like just comedy in general. I feel like I got a lot of my comedy from movies or like TV shows, obviously because we're talking about dodgeball today. And I mean, Arrest Development's been probably a big influence on like my comedy stylings, that mm. kind of activity, that kind of joke on joke. And I guess I would say my style is kind of reminiscent of Jason Bateman, I guess a little more deadpan. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I guess my dad too is my dad's a pretty big inspiration for my comedy because I feel like he's kind of that dead. My dad and my grandpa are kind of the funnier members of my family. Yeah. Stylistically, you would say that you're a little bit like drier, more deadpan, kind of flat. Is that kind of like your approach? Or? Yeah, that and a little absurdist. I go into a lot of like, I have a joke about how I'm running for office like 2040. I go into a lot, a lot of like weird scenarios. Like I have a lot of jokes about how I started my own one man religion, Timism. <laughs> we have a hundred commandments. So we're like 10 times better than Christianity. <laughs> um, that's good. Now. So, uh, so maybe not necessarily per, like a professional comic, but you grew up around your father, your grandfather, both people that, would just make you laugh and that was just kind of like the that inspiration that that inceptional idea like i like laughing i think i want to make other people laugh yeah i feel like i feel like i was always kind of the funny funny member of any friend group i was in i feel like i was kind of the weird <laughs> i was always kind of a weird kid like i used to go out in my front yard and like swing a stick and tell stories to myself so i felt like i had like, <laughs> i feel like that was almost the genesis of me being a comedian is just 
like walking around because now like when I'm on stage, I walk around, I, I bring the mic stand around with me and kind of carry that around. Mm. One of my weird quirks that I do that I feel like not a lot of other comedians do, but right. What makes you laugh? I feel like it has to, it has to be something that surprises me. I feel like I kind of have a darker sense of humor, like something darker will make me laugh. I feel like before, like if I can see a punchline coming or I can like, it's a joke that maybe, or a variation of a joke that I've heard before. I feel like it doesn't make me laugh, but it's like something unexpected. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, physical comedy, like physical actions do make me laugh. I feel like too, a little bit. Yeah, sure. And to completely flip the script, just because you had mentioned like, like tanking and bombing. Yeah. Can you tell me about like an experience where it did not go well? I mean, I've lost every comedy competition I've ever been ever been in. <laughs> and I've been in like five at this point, I feel like. I'm doing one like this coming up Friday after we record this. But Okay. Yeah. Um I guess there was one show Locally uh, or where were you doing that? obviously when know. people listen, it'll be in the past, but yeah. Uh yeah, locally, Missoula. Okay. It's on a comedy competition like once a year. We haven't done it last couple of years just because you know the world's in burning but comedy isn't just about being funny i mean you have to be very dedicated you have to write your jokes and it takes time to work and like perfect them so what does your process work like like what does your process look like for for creating comedy i mean i feel like i'm kind of where comedian i'll actually like i'll write my jokes out like long form and i'll like i actually have to type my jokes because i can't read my own handwriting so if i like when i <laughs> went in a notebook and wrote it down i'd be like what the hell is this so i kind of i type everything out and then i i'm usually like always like one set ahead of myself for two sets so i'm always like a couple days ahead of myself so that gives me time to like memorize a set and have mm-hmm. jokes and i feel like i'm almost I feel like I'm coming with new bits almost every time, but I also like to come back to old bits and like sometimes I'll add something that I like said on stage that I hadn't thought about in the writing because I've been also doing a lot of improv comedy. Like I started doing improv like the same day I started doing stand up. I just went mm. to a workshop that day. And so that helped me have the comedian just kind of be more on my feet and not have to stick necessary to a script. Like I have the script, but I don't try to follow it if I don't need to. Right. Right. Yeah. Improv is another thing that uh, terrifies me just from like the writing element, because in my, and granted, I, I don't do stand up. I'm not a comedian or anything, but I write, you know, and, and I'll write, I write dialogue, I write a uh, story and it takes hours on editing and looking at something is this good is this bad uh to be able to do anything on the fly inspired in that moment um i mean enormous talent i mean it's it's quite a craft in itself so just being able to do that and there there are those that are just geniuses at, at at providing like you know being able to be on the spot being able to like all right i can Fuck it. Somebody says something like even like the idea, I think part and I, I know I'm going like a little sub tangent, but one of the things I think about when it comes to stand up is obviously know what you're going to say and then be able to deal with the audience, whether they're a good crowd, whether they're a shitty crowd. Right. Whether you've got some asshole that's sitting to the side that wants to heckle you uh, just because they've had too much to drink or 
they had a shitty night on a date and they just decided that they want to make the ass on stage feel like a prick, you know, like, so just being able to be on and have those type of conversations. So, um, I guess when it comes to like improv, you know, what, how do you, how do you, how do you find that for yourself? Like, how do you get in that headspace? Because I mean, it, it's, it seems again, rather daunting and it requires it, it, I don't know. I don't know even in the sense of what I want to even ask you in this sense, because this is something that is very, very specific. And this world is, um, I think a lot of us have this idea of like, oh, stand-up comedy, it's great. You you know, you got your Jerry Seinfelds and your George Carlins and your Richard Pryors. They're all fucking fantastic. And they're, I mean, these are elite people, but these are people that worked and 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 just went, like went through these trenches and it didn't necessarily always come easy. So I, I guess really where I'm going with that is what does that process look like? Can you, can you make uh, any sense of anything that I just said, or am I just completely rambling on going all over the place? Well, I'll just say yes. And which is like the, the like improv motto, just like, yes. And then you, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to make sense of it, but I feel like for me, improv, like I do the same improv workshop every, like every week and it's with the same people. So that's a good, it's good to have like the same, cause I feel like improv, it's a lot like stand up. You're, you're there by yourself and it's all kind of based on you where it's improv. Like you're kind of working as a team with like other people in the scene or whatever. So they're kind of two different beasts. And I feel like, I mean, improv, you can't really plan because improv, you're just kind of, whereas stand up, you can plan pretty well. But yeah, obviously, I mean, I think they kind of bleed into each other because stand up, I mean, I've been heckled a couple of times. Like, and most of the time, it's people that I invited to the show. <laughs> Like I had a friend that kept on coming to shows and kept on trying to talk to me or tell me jokes I should use. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll use the jokes I have and you can come up and do your own stuff. Right. Yeah. Like I've definitely seen, I've definitely seen like heckler type personalities that once they actually get on stage, they're not funny at all. Mm. They just kind of like people that I feel like would heckle and then they get on stage and it's just like, they have nothing prepared in there. Sure. Now, flipping uh, flipping gears, and thank you very much for for sharing. You know, I, I I just had a bunch of questions just because anybody that does comedy, it, it's somebody that I definitely will admire because I, I think it, there's a lot that goes into a lot of dedication and a lot of hard work that goes into being funny. Because being funny, I think it's just in my own mind, just seems like one of the hardest things in the world. So let's talk about a really fucking funny movie in dodgeball yeah. right yeah so why did you want to talk about dodgeball oh uh, it's just a, i don't know it's just a i feel like that dodgeball is honestly probably one of my comedic inspirations like i feel like that like it caught me at like just the right age i feel like i watched it like early teens probably mm. it, was, it was kind of during that period where like i think there was a period during, like during the mid 2000s where like almost every like comedy movie got quoted because you got like dodgeball got quoted by my you know, then you got like anchorman mm -hmm. you know, like old uh, school 
old school, like a lot of the Judd Apatow stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That and early two thousands was kind of like, I don't want to call it like the, the, the golden years of, of comedy, but there was a lot of shit. Obviously you, you referenced Judd Apatow. Like he, he was starting uh, doing films, obviously I don't like the freaks and geeks and everything, but yeah. that was a big thing. And then you had, Shit, I can't believe I forgot the name of the guy that did um, old school uh, and then would go on to do fucking um, The Hangover. Oh, uh, Todd Phillips, right? Todd Phillips. Thank you. Thank you. Todd Phillips. Right. So you had these guys that were just genius uh, writers. And of course, the the talent that was going, you had Vince Vaughn at the top of his game. And then you had, you know, uh, your Will Ferrells of the world and all these other great, great comedic actors and it, it it was quite an era that that like that 2002 through like 2010 uh years where there was just some just fucking crazy ass comedy that was coming out during that during that time and this movie is no no different so totally relate to, uh understand like why you would want to uh talk about it so you said your your origin story if you will for dodgeball you would have been like your early teens or something like that yeah i feel like i remember i don't know why i don't feel like i heard a lot about it before i actually saw it i feel like i went to see it in theaters i don't really remember that well but i don't know why i went to see it in theaters i feel like it wasn't something that was like you know like heavily advertised and that would have mm. been on my radar like i feel like i at that point i was probably into like still into still into superhero stuff but like <laughs> that stuff i would have like sought out but i feel like yeah. it was just something that i just kind of stumbled upon one time in theater then i ended up loving it and just it's probably one of my one of my favorite movies if not my favorite movie oh wow what yeah. what what about it what works for you that that i imagine it has like a high replay factor for you so what about it what about the film is it that you keep coming back to i mean i guess just quotability and just like mm. kind of the bizarreness of it like the steve the pirate character just yar. some of the yeah yar and just some of the random stuff like i feel like it's almost yeah it's like vince vaughn and like ben still are almost at like the top of their game i feel like yeah and like the white goodman characters like I feel I would put him up as like an iconic character up there with like Batman and like James Bond. Mm. White, I mean, White Goodman's great. Uh, I mean, Ben Stiller's. I mean, just great. The everything about it, whether it's kind of like the the Nike air pump thing that he has for for like his junk or yeah. his perfectly teased hair that he's got. Um, his mixed metaphors that he. I mean, just all over the place and uh, great editing, great everything yeah just super super funny and when you talk about quotability um where he's railing off his dodgeball team between like blade laser blazer uh yeah. just yeah quotability nobody makes me uh, bleed my own blood anyway i'm yeah. rambling on i'm like this is supposed to be like me asking you but now i'm going on like my favorite quotes uh it's just a movie that that i fundamentally fundamentally love you mentioned that you saw in the theater you think i remember seeing this in the theater i took i took like my little cousin i think she was graduating high school and i don't even know why like why we went and saw that movie but because i think i would have been i would have been like a few years older than her <laughs> like yeah we'll go watch dodgeball 
fucking laugh my ass off like nonstop. It, it it's it, it 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 delivers. And then I watched it again last night and then last week. The the replay factor in this movie is very, very high. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I mean I watch it. I feel like it's one that I watch almost every year on my birthday. Cause I feel like I like that. I feel like that's kind of my birthday. So my birthday tradition is to mm-hmm. watch basketball. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so Steve, the pirate, obviously what uh, the actor that's Alan, Alan, Alan. Tudyk? Tudyk? Yeah. Tudyk, yeah. The, 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 the resume this guy has in voiceover work is freaking crazy. I mean, he, obviously he, he was in this and he was in, like the Firefly, Serenity, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you just kind of like taking a look, but the guy is in like every freaking Disney movie uh, doing oh, voices. Like, yeah, he's in a, like uh, Wreck-It Ralph. And Wreck-It Ralph, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he, he he plays the chicken in Moana. Like, it doesn't oh, yeah. even have lines. He, he just does like sound effects and shit like that. Like, the, the guy is incredible. And then, of course, you've got Justin Long, who plays the nerd in this movie but what's so funny is his big claim to fame right after this was a commercial campaign where he played mac do you remember those commercials where like hi i'm a mac and hi i'm a pc like those commercials were around for forever and it's just it's just why i know that he was in a relationship with drew barrymore but i completely forgot that he was in this movie and then around the same time, he had been in Galaxy Quest, if you yeah. had seen that as well. Yeah, I like Galaxy Like That's probably up there among my comedy movies. I feel like Galaxy Quest. I mean, that's like his first, I think, major role was Galaxy Quest. I think so. I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I remember the, yeah, the P- I feel like you almost look like the, the PC guy from the commercials to me. I looked at I mean that that's that's kind of offensive. I know I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> not all yeah, not all guys with glasses look the same, I guess, but yes, yes. See, like if I take these off, I no longer look like PC. Um <laughs> but no, I'm just giving you a hard time. Um but yeah, like um obviously there there's a lot going on, but when I when I think about this movie and anybody wants to talk about it. I have to have to know, did you like growing up, did you play dodgeball yourself at all? I did a little bit. Like I actually, uh, I played, I feel like I played more. The sport I really played was like four square. That's what we played like mm-hmm. in middle school. We, mm-hmm. had, like, mm-hmm. whole, we had like lines of kids just, and I actually, at one point I started writing kind of a, a four square, the movie, like kind of in the vein of dodgeball. It never really went anywhere. I think I wrote like maybe the first half of it and it just, but I feel mm-hmm. like that that kind of inspired my love for dodgeball was like just playing Foursquare. They're not really the same, but we did. Yeah. Fucking Foursquare is awesome. Awesome yeah. game. Um, what about let's see, I, I guess what I like about this movie, I mean, I mean, dodgeball is one thing, but it's being you've got the cool kids and then you the the not so like the the average joes right and so it's kind of the story is the little guy against you know it's a david versus goliath kind of story which i think most people can always kind of relate to so for for tim the comedian growing up 
what who were you were you were you were you part of the global gym or were you part of like the average joes or were you somewhere in between like i mean this movie connected with you so what was your what was your experience growing up were you yeah i was probably closer to like steve the pirate i I was an average joe for sure i felt like i was kind of i didn't have a whole lot of friends and i kind of did my own thing and i was maybe a little weird or quirky uh yeah, that's kind of the underdog, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? What else what else you want to talk about this movie? This movie's on um, your mind. So what else you got yeah. for me? Uh I mean it's it's also I think one of my first because I think Jason Bateman's probably one of my favorite actors. I feel like this is one of my first exposures to Jason Bateman in the role. Oh, interesting. Uh Pepper Brooks. I feel like it's still one of my favorite roles of his. Mm-hmm. It's almost out of character for him because it's a little more like quirky and not as like deadpan as it's usual. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. shocked. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just cool that strategy. Character. Yeah. And the, okay. the ears everywhere. And he's yeah. just like so, so like chill. And he's got like, is it Gary Cole that's like right next to him? And yeah. Yeah, just complete. This movie almost, I think, if memory serves, kind of brought him back into like into like uh, the conversation because I think this movie predated Arrested Development. Certainly, it was filmed before the first season of Arrested Development, but it kind of like brought him back because obviously he had he was big in the eighties. He had done a few things in the nineties, but he had kind of been forgotten. You know, he this, that, and the other. But this movie, I think, was really kind of like a launching pad that since this movie, the man the man hasn't been unemployed for a single freaking day. You know, yeah. like he's been constantly working, I think, since this movie. Same thing with Gary Cole, quite frankly, who obviously, you know, had who was hysterical in office space, but Again, this movie, I mean, shit, he was also in the like the Brady Bunch movie. But I mean, this movie, even though it didn't necessarily launch careers, it was kind of like a it, it was a great movie in the sense that it reminded people like, oh, that person's funny. And now we see them all the time, even 20 years later at this point since yeah. the movie came out. I mean, even, yeah, like some of the secondary like uh, Stephen Root, who played um, Gordon, mm-hmm. like just reminded because I. Yeah, he was in Office Space too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a uh, Milton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, um, I don't feel like the guy that played Dwight or whatever really went on to do much. I feel like I've seen him kind of here, here and there, but yeah, I, I think I think Dwight, and then uh, there's another actor that I I, I don't see in anything uh, else anymore. Um, but shit, even Missy Pyle, you know, she's been in everything. Uh, I think one of my favorite, like subtle, I don't even know if it's a gag per se, but one of my, my, my favorite things in this movie is that we've got Hank Azaria who plays yeah. Patches of Houlihan in the past with like a really, really like thick, like, like Simpsons accent in it. Yeah. And then we've get, uh, oh my God. Uh, what's his name? Who plays Patches of Houlihan? Oh, Rick Torn. Yeah, Rip Torn. Yeah, I was going to say Rip Taylor. Entirely different guy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you've got Rip Torn who plays Patches as an adult without that accent. And yeah. it's just kind of like just mixing, mixing comedy. It's like, hey, you do your version of Patches, you be the old version, and we'll just 
we won't even bother to explain it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it comes off as kind of like a dirtier version of like Obi-Wan Kenobi or something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If oh, man. Like actually gone insane on tattooing and just. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite scenes for you? Uh, well, I, I mean, a lot of the dodgeball scenes, I guess uh, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Um, the, the, the BDS scene, the first round of the competition when they they come out in like the BDSM gear. I feel like I love that. Yeah. Tim, yeah. what are the five, what are the five moves of dodgeball? Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah. The, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge all that whole <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you remember the, the name of the so Justin Long's character is you know is a male cheerleader? Do you remember the name of the person he had to lift? Oh. Uh, I remember the last name is Johnson. I want to say like Samantha Johnson. I just actually I had it and I lost it, so bear with me one second. I had this trivia question for you. <laughs> Told you my daughter we were uh we were playing here uh to do because he had been where is that i thought her name was martha no oh yeah isn't it like martha johnstone i think that might be it martha yeah. johnstone i think i think that is it We'll just we're we're gonna roll with that. We're gonna we're gonna say that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I also heard like a weird. I don't know if it's true, but basically he got um, Justin Long. Uh, basically got like like beat so profusely in this movie that he had to like 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 go to a doctor where he was like urge not to like drive anymore because he had been like just beaten to fuck in this movie. I, I don't know if it's true, but I like I had heard he had like a concussion or like a minor concussion for uh like repeatedly getting like hit in this movie. Yeah, I think I heard that. I think it was I think it was mainly the like the wrench that hit him in the because I think he might have actually been the only one that actually got hit with the wrench. The <laughs> <laughs> it killed his career. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Um but I mean, this movie, it, it's great. And there's nothing remotely about the movie that takes itself too seriously. Christine Taylor is great. Um, you know, obviously, I don't know if they're still together, but uh, she was she and Ben Stiller, they were married for a time, at least. I don't know if they still are or not. I think they like got separated. I think they're back together now from what I, I don't know. I'm not hey, sure. Hey, that'd be great if they are. Yeah, that'd be great yeah. if they are. Yeah. Um, what else? Any anything else that stands out to you about this movie? I'm trying to think, just yeah, I forgot even Christine Taylor's performance. It's great in it. Um, I feel like I well, I wish there would have been maybe a few more female characters, like maybe even just another mm. female on the team, because it's her and Missy Pyle on yeah. the other side. Yeah, and then you got Stephen Root's wife, who she uh, hell for love, yeah, hell for love, hell for love. <laughs> Oh, and then you got a uh, Justin's the head cheerleader or whatever, mm -hmm. that, which she doesn't play a huge role. But oh yeah, and I guess you well you got the troop three seventeen or whatever it is. 
the the oh, girl, right right yeah the, <laughs> the beaver tranquilizers that yeah and he, he uh, he's got like the super hairy arms yeah um i'm gonna give you one trivia question i want you to know i, I want you to uh now obviously those that have seen it will probably be they'll all be screaming at the you know listening as we say it but there is famously a uh a television channel that is utilized in this movie uh Uh that was introduced for this movie and what channel is that uh espn 8 the ocho the ocho yeah uh great now what is the name of the fictitious publication that steven reads in this oh uh obscure sports quarterly (laughs) osq yeah yeah obscure sports quarterly do you know what the original title for this film was was it just a true uh under true underdog story underdog underdog Underdog. was the original title for it Mm -hmm. why do you know like originally they're supposed to lose like in the original ending oh really they changed yeah they had to change it i think probably because test audience didn't like the fact they lost or whatever i didn't know that that's awesome um i can't confirm this but i'm going to close with this fact that allegedly this movie is one of helen mirren's dame helen mirren's favorite films that's that's awesome that's awesome yeah um uh tim i've had a great time just chatting about this movie just being any opportunity to like kind of have like a casual conversation about it thank you very much um any closing thoughts that you've got i mean just fact even like 20 years later i still love this movie i I feel like some of the jokes might not hold up but i feel like it holds up as a whole it holds up pretty well yeah yeah now for the listeners that maybe want to check out any of your acts do you do you have any anything on the internet or anywhere that we can we can download any uh, any of your bits at all uh, i'm on i have a website timonmillercomedy.com where i have a lot of my i think i have a couple like comedy albums specials out on there awesome yeah and i have another podcast uh it's the end of the show as we know it with uh, my co-host maddie howland where we talk about like series finales of different tv shows like we've done oh yeah, we've done like the Seinfeld finale and other ones. Like, I think we'll have a new season out soon where we'll talk about the Breaking Bad finale and like New Girl. And we even delved into movies. We went into Return of the Return of the King, the last uh, Lord of the Rings movie. So we talked about that for an episode. And like the ten thousand endings that movie yeah, has. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, favorite favorite final of uh, finale that you can think of. Uh well, I guess the first Arrest Development finale, I'd say that, like the season three finale. Season three, okay. Yeah. And Seinfeld I, gets a lot of flack, but I feel like I do kind of like the Seinfeld finale. I love the idea of the Seinfeld finale as far as basically kind of like a comeuppance. Everybody gets to have like a little piece of them. I don't know if it was super funny, but I love the idea of the, yeah. to use something that, uh, that, what was it, Owen Wilson said in uh, Zoolander about Sting. It was like, Sting, Sting's another person I, uh, that I admire. I don't listen to his music, but the fact that he makes it, I respect that. And that's just yeah. kind of how I uh, how I feel about the, the, uh, the Seinfeld finale is. Don't really love it, but I love the idea of it anyway. Yeah. But dude, 
Uh, Tim, I had a great time chatting with you, man. And if yeah, you ever want to come back me. and talk any other movies or if you ever want to talk any finales, take a deep dive on anything. I know this was just kind of like a little casual conversation, but I had a great time chatting with you. And anytime you ever want to chat anything else, just let me know, man. Yeah, I'm definitely down. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Again, thank you very much to Tim for hopping on the show. I know that it was a rather brief episode, but full disclosure, what y'all don't know is going into the recording, we had several technical issues as well as uh, some timing timing constraints. So just due to you know respect for Tim, we kind of abbreviated the episode, but I love the dude. We're going to try to have him back again in the new year and find out any other comedies we can discuss. But hopefully you enjoy this every bit as much as I did. And um, and that's about all I've got to say on this one. So we'll see you next time on another episode of Stanford Cinema. Cinema.